They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. I'm not exactly Barbara Zam or Devon Conway and I struggle to get into a first-choice Somerset team. And joining me tonight are Steve Tancock, <laughs> Dan Kingdom and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. So, Anthony, I, 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 I expect you have fully retracted that tweet now after... Uh, after Miss, Mr Russo's... Uh, we'll turn into Mark Church then. After Riley Russo's... Uh, what can only be described as phenomenal contributions to the Blast campaign so far. Well, he's turned into a much better player mm. since he joined Somerset. <laughs> Obviously, down to the Somerset coaching. It must be. There could be no, no doubt about <laughs> it. I mean, he was he was okay at Hampshire, but he's been brilliant at Somerset, and the two things cannot be unconnected. So, all credit to Somerset County Cricket Club for bringing the best out of Riley Rousseau. Yeah, phenomenal stats. 437 runs, averaging 72.83, striking at 192.51 with a high score of 85 not out. Pretty, pretty decent numbers for a uh, for a signing that I think, to be fair to you, Gibber, we were all a little bit hesitant about. Gibbo, so I'll take the rap. <laughs> just all a little bit hesitant about when, when, he, uh, when we heard the news. But um, he is well, certainly... You heard what Kevin James said about him as well. You know, what that he uh, that he was wasn't born in Hampshire. That's all you two no, seem no, to talk you, about. He'll win you one or two games was his That's quote. Absolutely mm. right. He'll win you one or two games, but he hits the ball up in the air, and he's liable to get out early on, which is very much what should have happened yesterday at Chelmsford, because he was very badly missed out in the out in the deep. It's the one at deep mid wicket, uh, wasn't no, it? No, he's, he's 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 been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. So since we uh, since we were last with you, what have we had? We've had um, the winner at Chelmsford yesterday by eight wickets, and then uh, oh the oh the very very lovely feeling of doing the double over that lot from up the road, beating Gloucester by what was it uh, seven runs in the end, eight, seven eight runs. Yeah, but it was, it was a bigger margin than that. Was it? Yeah, they were, well, they were, I know yeah, what you mean. Yes, runs. it was a. I know. It, it, you know, Gloucester. Mm. I wouldn't say they were never in the hunt because twice they were in the hunt at the start of our innings and the start of their innings. But you know, from from midway through their innings onwards, um, given the quality of Somerset's bowling from and that nineteenth over from Peter Siddle in particular, they had no chance at the at the start of the last over. So it was a, it, in the end, it was quite a comfortable win and a very good win too. Although. Gloucester are not the force that they were without David Payne. does make a big difference. And without Chris Dent as well. And with Ian Cobain, mm. apparently, you know, in the sort of form that Tom Banton's in. Yeah, I, I missed most of that one. I just watched the end of the um, the end of the Gloucester innings and a sort of few little highlights. But, um, yeah, you're right, because the last, well, certainly the last ball of, of the match went for six, which turned it from a 13-run win into a, into a seven-run win when... It's pretty much all said and done, but um, excellent stuff. And then on to Chelmsford, where it was the uh, the Russo and Abel show for the second time this year in the in the southeast of England, wrapping up uh, 
what turned out to be a fairly comfortable win in the end after we thought that maybe Essex had got a few too many with 184. Well, Dan was there, wasn't he? I was, yeah. Sorry, well, I, 188, thought, sorry. I thought Essex actually left runs out there. You know, they, they were, you know, Critchley, I think Critchley got 8 off 14 and Cushy got 15 off 16. There were sort of some quiet periods in their innings, and thinking about Friday when I think was it 233 or something? Was 244 scored? played 233. That was it, yeah, exactly. I just felt like Essex were a bit short. I think I assume it was the same wicket. Um, it the was, yeah. So, yeah, the boundaries are so small, like you really notice it. I mean, I assume they're smaller than Taunton's. Um, and yeah, I mean, Will Smead obviously was eyeing them up straight away and took Nidja off at 22 in that first over. It's a shame he couldn't go on, but obviously he set the tone for the innings. Um, Bantam, unfortunately, struggled a bit again. Um, sort of struggled to time it, hit a couple of fours, but yeah, he didn't, didn't look great again. Um, Russo, obviously, as, as Anthony just as we just mentioned, that drop. I mean, the, the Essex crowd were in shock. We were all in shock. Like it was just a sitter. Um, but yeah, from from that moment onwards, we we cruised home. Really, it was great fun. Um, you know, Russo hit. Oh, I don't know, I can't remember how many sixes it was, but a number of sixes. Um, Tom Abel was just sort of played second fiddle, but played pretty well. Sort of went went through the gears as the innings went on, I think. And um, yeah, cruise home. Um, great, great, good fun that was. Good fun. It was. Essex were poor though, weren't they? Particularly in the field. Mm. I they were. Think, was I, didn't think, I didn't think 188 was anything special. You know, it was it was probably round about a par, par score yeah. um, on a sort of normal Chelmsford uh, for a normal Chelmsford game, not on that pitch, which had yielded whatever it was, four hundred and seventy-six runs in a. It's the highest aggregate in a T20 match, in certainly in this country, on on Friday. Um, and I think we could have chased down, you know, a few more than one hundred and eighty-eight, but. Um, and at, why they why they opened up with Aaron Nijar, mm-hmm. bowling to a right-handed batsman, slow left armour, bowling to a right-handed batsman with a short boundary on the leg side. You know, I mean, it was just it was just absolutely bonkers. It was it was like the over that um, Tom, um, Tom Lamanby bowled first up at up at Bristol, <laughs> two left-handers with a with a <coughs> why they put him on to bowl to mm-hmm. left-handers with a short short boundary to the man stand and was clobbered for four sixes. In the first, in his first over, was, it, was, it was there a, was there a match up there? Do they think that Will Smead was particularly weak against left arm spin? I don't recall it troubling him too been. much. I, I, been, I think, think they may cool. have. Yeah, I think they may have thought that the two openers like pace on rather than pace off, and they thought that might be a smart yeah. move. But there was pace. There was pace off the bat, all right, wasn't there? Oh, so it didn't really make a lot of difference. <laughs> But um, he's starting to worry me in now a little bit, Will Smead. His numbers on the face of it look good, but his average is kind of skewed by that 94 not out against Glamorgan. And apart from that, he he's only had a sort of couple of pretty 20s and 30s. Uh, his stats for the blast so far, uh, nine innings, 229 runs, best of that 94 not out against Glamorgan. Averaging 28, uh, striking at uh, just a smidge over 168. That's well, he and, Banton, he and Banton have only put together one partnership, haven't they, against Glamorgan. For the rest, Rousseau's been coming in in the first three or four overs. 
and we need you know we need we need to get a better start than that because you can't really keep on relying on Riley Rousseau one of these fine days he's going to hit the ball up in the air and, and someone will catch it and then we'll be in trouble as we were against um, uh, which one was it when he when he failed it was either Kent or Sussex but um, I can't remember but but Sweden bans them both uh, Smeed is you know goes too hard too early I think I mean it was fair enough yesterday against Nietzsche I mean it was, he bowled a rubbish over apart from being the wrong bowler at the wrong end um but Banton looks completely out of touch. Completely out of touch. He just chews up balls. Uh, unless he gets a short one is down that, the next that, He's not rotating the strike, is he? So, no. as, you, as you've said, he just if he can't hit the ball to the boundary, you just want him to say, well, just give the strike to the other guy and, and work around it. And it will come. But, but then on the other side, we keep winning and they're not scoring runs. So, I know you say you're relying on Russo and that, but you think, well, maybe it's going to flip the other way and Russo won't be needed tomorrow or later in the week or something you just don't know do you well we're going to um, have to be better against Surrey that's for sure just on Banton I think it was um, uh, Will on Twitter yesterday he put a, a screenshot up of Banton's stance compared to now now compared to the Royal London Cup final and he's just he's more crouched isn't he at the moment I don't know if it's a bit crouched at the moment it just doesn't look quite natural to me it doesn't look fully comfortable I don't know if um, you know that's that's part of the reason that he's struggling, and maybe another reason is just that he's obviously worked a lot on his Red Bull game over the winter, and he's trying to he's struggling to balance the two. You know, it's very difficult. We know it's very difficult for any young batter to be to succeed in both formats, and you just wonder at the moment he's sort of trying to succeed in both and not really getting anywhere with either. He's, he's done okay in the Red Bull, hasn't he? But you know, he's not really putting up trees in either format um, this season. He just looks a bit tense to me. He's got those. He's got those eyes, you know, fixed, staring down the wicket at the bowl. He's got that real look of intent and determination on his face. He's just. He's got an aeroplane flying over them. Must be Steve. He just looks completely very tense at the wicket. That's the doorbell going. Don't worry, it's only my kids. Yeah. Um, don't worry, their mum's with them. She can let them in. Mark, Mark Davis who's one of the best coaches in the in the region said that his problem is his his, his bottom hand is too much in control uh, it's and it's just he's, mm -hmm. he's not not able to hit the ball with any power through through the offside and he's not able to maneuver it particularly well either and he think he mark thinks it's a it's a technical fault yes yeah, i thought that but there was a shot on the live stream yesterday and his i don't know whether it whether his, his bottom hand does come into play when he's in the shot but he looked he looked quite comfortable with that bottom hand just sort of slightly loose I think they sort of tell you just to hold it hold the bat with your your thumb and your index finger and then just bring it a little bit more in as, as you go down to the shop but for me just looks a bit tense he just looks a bit on edge when he's when he's in his stance he maybe just needs just I don't know just to relax a bit I mean I've not gone back and looked at you know how he was playing in um in 2019 versus how he's playing today but certainly I yeah I think he just needs to you know I don't know yeah. Maybe meditate before he goes out, something like that, just to you know get himself get he himself nice exactly and relaxed. Exude confidence, does he? No, and that's the other thing. When you're out of form, you you do end up kind of trying too hard, and then that tension just, just ramps exactly up another few say. levels. I think in both formats, he's trying too hard at the moment, rather than mm -hmm. being the natural player he is. Mm. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Because he he played that. The, one of the two fours he hit where that clip sort of threw straight mm -hmm. mid-wicket was a, an authentic Banton shot and it was all 
I know it's all bottom hand, I get that, but it really pinged off the bat and went, and I actually thought, oh, good, maybe this has jump-started it. But, you know, because he couldn't then take the single, he builds pressure on himself as much as anything. I don't think it helps either when, and this is a real Irish thing to say, but Tom Mabel comes in and immediately just knocks the ball around and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. one four, one two, one one or something. If you're back in the dressing, you're thinking, why can't I do that? That's part of the issue, I think. Is he trying to address his weaknesses at the expense of his strengths, do you think? Is he trying to maybe play a bit more technically correct when, you know, he's 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 succeeded in the past by sort of trusting his eye and he's caught betwixt and between whereas i think will smead is probably trusted judgment and his instincts too much at the moment it's Mm. a weird weird um what's the word juxtaposition of the two Mm. Mm. what about jack brooks though that was a that's been a real revelation well no not a revelation because he showed showing his experience but you know boy he's really looked the part the last couple of games well, it's the, it's the value of the low full toss, you know, Yorker, you know, really full length that the batsman can't get un- can't get underneath it. Um, and he bowled brilliantly yesterday against against Essex, I thought. And and there was some mm. genuine pace there as well when he did when he pulled his length back a bit and hit a hard length. That was earlier on earlier on in his in his uh, spell in the first couple of overs. Yeah, he was Im- impressively quick. The ball really hitting Banton's gloves. It was, it was really good. Think- far and away the best I've seen Jack Brooks bowl in a white ball game of cricket. Do you think him playing four days in Division Two has been a nice little motivational factor <laughs> for him? <laughs> well, no, he, he he always try. He always gives his hundred percent. I know. I know. Just like if that was me, it'd be like, plummy. I don't want to be playing yeah. Cardiff or in this lot next season. I better up my game a bit. I'd well, be interested to know what Steve Kirby says about it. You know how much Steve Kirby had had to do with it, but he did seem did seem to be bowling to a plan yesterday. Whereas that that over he produced against Gloucestershire towards the end on Friday was you know when he went for sixteen, he pulled it back a bit. He, I think he went for six uh, six six four. No, that's not six. Yes, it is, isn't it? Six six four, and then he then he pulled it back later in the over. Um, but I was, I was, you know, had my head in my hands at, at that stage, and I was a bit worried when he came into the attack yesterday. But he, you know, he completely justified his inclusion. I thought um, and bowled really, really well. And I was very pleased to see. Well, I had high hopes for for the Ferrex on the pre-season tour uh, in the Emirates. I think he picked up five in a T20 friendly against uh, Essex, funnily enough. So I did think then maybe his he's got over his, his injury woes and he's got we're going to have a fully fit Jack Brooks for the first time in a couple of years and he put, you know this the spell against Warwickshire he, you know very harsh of him to to lose his place after bowling that well yeah. uh, getting the crowd involved um yeah, and he's he's bowled really well in the T20s as you say Gibbo's best he's he's bowled for a while in the white ball game yesterday what did he get uh, four overs uh, two for 23 yesterday mm. so which yeah. is phenomenally good on that more as Dan said earlier on the ground like yeah that pitch on that ground that's probably two for 18 or two for 16 in equivalent money yeah well done to the ferret um i'd spare five minutes today so i just reviewed the uh, the riley russo sam billings controversy against kent 
And I think we may have done Sam Billings a disservice here. I don't think it's as clear cut as it looks um, at full speed. I think, um, yeah, I think I, might, I did tweet out that I put Sam Billings on the list, but I may have to uh, remove him now because I, I think that just about clips the very top corner of the stumps. And I noticed from the last, um, the last episode of Behind the Wyvern. Well, is it you said, Anthony, that there was a lot of uh, that the Somerset players were quite uh, a little bit upset in the dressing room about Riley uh, Rousseau's dismissal, and I was disappointed that Ollie Sale didn't manage to to capture any of that. But I think um, the the good relations between us and Kent uh, probably prioritised uh, showing the boys dissatisfaction with uh, with that. But um, yeah, I've uh, I've. I downloaded the video, stuck it in Adobe Premiere, went frame by frame, and I think it just does clip the top of the uh, the top of the off stump. Because if you watch it at full speed, it looks like it looks like Billings gathers it and then drags it up to the stumps. But I think he um, he does actually uh, not do that, and and he is legitimately bold. And I'll stick yeah. I'll stick some of that up on Twitter. I might even make it into a GIF. Right. Was there any big news today? Any signings or anything like that? Our interest was piqued yesterday with a with an email from the club saying that there would be a new signing announced at 10am today. And at 10am prompt, it was announced that Tom Cola-Cadmore will be joining Somerset from Yorkshire at the beginning of next season. Well, I suppose at the end of this season for the beginning of next season. And what are your thoughts on that, gents? Well, it's, it's. I'll go first. And by the way, Jonathan will be with us in a couple of minutes, guys. Just message me. Um, I'm actually, from a cricketing point of view, very excited. Although it does, I've got two questions. One is, is he seen as a like-for-like -like replacement for Tom Banton, or in a like-for-like -like insurance policy for Tom Banton, given what his role is in the side? And then, obviously given the other issues which we better not refer to on here but the other issues that he's had i just hope that those are behind him and it's been made good but there was a i retweeted a link to a piece by david hops on espn earlier which is basically saying that with david willie going last week and tkc going this week this could be a a mass exodus and i, I think cola cad one of cola cadmore's reasons was his father was involved in the backroom staff at Yorkshire or something and was very unhappy with how things were handled. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't rock up on loan because he did some he did the reverse to Worcestershire, I believe, and said he was joining Yorkshire three or four years ago and Steve Rhodes was then the Worcester coach. And this is all from memory, but I'm pretty sure this is right. And you told then, him to you told him to bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight exactly. Sling your rock. <laughs> yeah. It seems it seems odd to announce it now. And then him not come on loan for a couple of months, you know. It just unless it's of course he's he's had an injury issue, hasn't he? Because he was he he's was hit by Pat Cummins. Yeah. yeah, he's got long concussion. I think is the because <laughs> he hasn't played um, he hasn't played any red ball cricket for Yorkshire at all this season, either Championship or or Second Eleven. Nope. Um, so I was thinking that is is he played in the Blast at all? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, so. Is that a selection issue then? Why he wasn't playing in the uh, in the championship, or or not? Well, I suppose uh, Jonathan can answer no. that when he arrives. 
he's not had a brilliant last couple of years in Red Bull cricket. Uh, no. If you just give me a sec. Uh, it's all right, Dan. In 2021, he averaged 19. Uh, in 2020, he averaged 18.14. 2019, he averaged 39. And then in 2018, he averaged 46. Yeah. So he's declined in Red Bull cricket. He has, hopefully, yeah. So hope he'll revive. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll be able to revive his Red Bull career with us. I mean, that's probably part of the motivation for his move. And some of us have made very clear that he's available for all formats. So, well, not on the cup, but um, so yeah, I suspect the attention is he will slot into our Red Bull side, and yeah, as we just said, maybe before the end of the season, comes along and available if we feel that he would help us mm-hmm. um, gain survival in Division One. Yeah, I mean, it's he's certainly on, on the form of the last two years, Gebo. He's he's. He doesn't appear to be the ready-made solution to our the woes of our red ball batting. No, he doesn't. But he's a good player. Um, I think I think it's a good signing. Um, he looked. I, I can't remember who he was. But he was playing in the same team as Tom Banton during the winter in one of the short forms. I can't remember which which one it was. And he eclipsed Tom Banton in that when it when it came to you know power hitting in, in white ball cricket he looked really really good um and you know I've, I've i've seen quite a lot of him first for worcestershire and and also for for yorkshire he's batted well against us um, most of the time and i've seen him and and he looks he, he looks a good player you know he's got he's got a nice simple un- uncomplicated um technique he, he plays straight he's, he's quite strong both sides of of the wicket um so I, I think he's a, I think he's a good signing. I just I wonder what it means for the futures of uh, a Tom Banton, has already been mentioned, who's, who's out of contract at the end of this season, and also James Hildreth, whether this signals the uh, the end of of Hildreth's Somerset career and Cola will cut Cola Cabell will come in at um, at four as a a replacement for James Hildreth, which would you know which would be sad, but. Hildy, rather as Triscothic back in uh, 2019, you know, he needs he needs to score some runs to justify his his continuing inclusion. And apart from that 87 down at the Aegeus Bowl, he just hasn't done it. But of course, someone who will know uh, more than uh, most about uh, Tom Cole Canmore and uh, what he's been up to at Yorkshire over the last few years is BBC Radio Leeds' is Jonathan Deutsch, who's able to uh, uh, to join us this evening. Jonathan, um, how did you um, react when you heard the news breaking this morning that uh, TKC was off to Taunton? Yeah, good evening, Ian. Good evening, uh, everyone. Um, well, as you might imagine, I wasn't uh, entirely surprised um, uh, at the news that he was going to Taunton because that's the job isn't it you've got to find these things out but um, it only came to light in the last uh, couple of days uh, in terms of where he was actually going but um, it sounds like it's been on the cards for a little while Uh, and so you know not entirely surprised Um, if you'd have asked me that question in uh, you know the start of April I would have been very surprised but I think just just the way that events have unfolded this year at, uh, at Headingley that makes it less surprising. Uh, and he's not played any Championship or Second eleven cricket uh, for, for Yorkshire this year. Is that because of, of injury or, is, or has he been sort of persona non grata? Um, well, it's, it's yeah, the reason that, that has been given is that um, because of the blow that he took to the head when he was away uh, in the winter, 
uh, he's not being considered worth risking for a four-day game. Y you know what it's like. I mean, playing, th there's, there is T20 fitness and there's four-day fitness. We can draw com mm -hmm. comparisons with anybody, can't we? Bowlers who can do one but not the other, that sort of thing. And with a batter, <laughs> I suppose if you enter a four-day match with a batter who... Um, who may bat for an, an hour or two and then suddenly feel some reoccurrence of those symptoms and you've got to take him out of the game effectively, that's a bit more of a risk, isn't it? Especially when your team is suggesting that it's um, it's fancying chasing a title. So they've, they've managed without him in that respect. But there's also possibly the factor to take into account, Ian, that if you look at his record for 2021 in red ball cricket, it wasn't great. I think he managed the one-half century in the whole season. So if you're, if you're getting down to brass tacks with a professional cricketer who's batting up the order, those stats were not great. Now, there were one or two mitigating circumstances for him last year, like there always are with batsmen, a couple of dodgy decisions, a couple of good nuts, and suddenly you look at your average and it's not the best. Um, he's... Yeah, he's, he's played he's played well in the white ball stuff when he has played, so he's clearly fit enough to do that. Um, and I think you'll find that if this change of scenery, I keep comparing him to a racehorse in the sense that mm. you sometimes get a, a great horse who, who loses his form a little bit, moves stables, is refreshed, and then finds another level. And I think if he can get back to his level pre-2021, then you're going to have signed yourself a very good player in both formats. Good stuff, and um, I mean, you, you'll kind of know him and sort of know what he's like as a character better than the, of any of the four of us were. How does he sort of strike you as a bloke? Um, he strikes me as a as a good bloke. Um, I mean, Ant will have um, plenty of fun with him, I suppose, doing uh, doing his post match post day interviews. <laughs> you can ask him. He's a bit like me, really. You ask him one question, you'll get five minutes uh, of a response out of him. Uh, he's, he's very he's very measured. Um, very considered, and he's a he's a big thinker about the game. So I keep again comparing him to a, a Somerset player who came the other way in Don Bess, similar in that respect. In that you you will get proper responses from them because they're thinking very carefully about what they're doing and they're thinking ahead. Tom is a very determined character. I think he's he's very self confident character as well. Um, and I think, obviously, you know, that's what these players need to be successful. Um, it'll be interesting to see when he does play red ball cricket again for Somerset, where he bats. He obviously has opened a lot of the time in the last few seasons, but I've been sitting in the chair doing the commentary job following Yorkshire around. But it'll be interesting to see what another coach says in that respect and whether he'll bat maybe three, four. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, because we interesting. We obviously need Jonathan, a. Sorry, Jonathan, let's give a, um, do you think? That, I mean, he's he's become a very formidable white ball cricketer. Um, do you think that that has affected his his uh, his red ball batting? Uh, well, there's always that tendency to lean that way, isn't there? Anne? I, I don't know. Um, I I don't think so it's not like you know he was going in last year and getting out playing what you'd call t20 shots um but it, it's opening the batting in red ball cricket is just about the hardest job you could possibly imagine in cricket isn't it you, yeah. you get you get the best the best couple of bowlers bowling with a new cherry and 
from one match to the next, you're no, you've no idea what conditions are going to be like from one day to the next or one session to the next. You don't. So, you know, I think um, I wouldn't be too scathing on his performances last year. He just, he just had a bad year. Um, and I think if you look back through his record pre that, you'll be you'd be happy enough with what he can produce because when he gets going, he scores quickly. He's got a lot of shots around the ground. Um, he's very much a you know two or three dimensional player. Um, and you know he'll get those runs in the main. He'll get them quickly. So if you're thinking about winning titles, you're thinking about a player like this who can particularly first innings put runs on the board that's going to set up your bowling attack to win that game. And he's that sort of a player who can do that for you. No, it's just that his, if you look at his averages in red ball cricket, I think Dan gave them earlier on, they've, year by year since he joined Yorkshire from Worcestershire, they've gone down. You know, they, uh, from 46 down to whatever it was last year, 19. And that's what I'm saying to you in terms of his, his position in the batting order. I just get the feeling that maybe he might bat a little bit lower down, and I think that would help. You know, if you've just got to be a bit special to open the batting and to come up with good averages. That's why when people have been, you know, moaning and groaning about some of Adam Lyde's form, for example, at Yorkshire when he's had a bad trot, he still shows from time to time that he can go out and play the beginnings because he's just got that bit more time. And he's a he's got special qualities as a county championship player. And, and with yeah. Tom, with Tom, perhaps he just needs to bat. Let, let's say for let's take the shine off the ball. Let's get him in after you know twenty five, thirty overs, forty overs, whatever, and let him have a bit of fun and see what he can do. Well, you're laughing because I know what you're going to oh, say. Well, I'm laughing because some, Somerset it'll be it'll be in the back inside the first in at four. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but we're uh, we're trying to think of how we'd like to play the game, aren't we, fellas? Yeah. Not not maybe how it actually happens. That's yeah. true. Um, just one last thing while you while you're with us, Jonathan. Um, gut feeling? Do you think there's a chance Yorkshire could let him come down to us on loan a bit early, or or they want to keep him for the whole season? Well, I've just been saying to somebody else that you would think that if you are going to allow a player to announce that he's leaving at this point of a season, you know, halfway stage pretty much, then you would like to think that the county who's releasing him have got a plan in place to A, replace him, and therefore B, if that person is going to has the ability to come in early, yes, they may release him. Um, otherwise, I, I'm not sure I see them letting him go just yet because there are still quite a few county championship matches left. And uh, because if they're satisfied that he gets over this head issue uh, and is fit enough to play four-day cricket, then why wouldn't they still want to play him? That some of his recent innings in white ball cricket have almost felt like he's been saying, "This is how I can play. Come and get, you know, come and take me away from Yorkshire, sort of thing. Putting myself in the shot window." I know he's kind of ticked the box now and got the contract down at your place, but. He's, you know, there may be. If if I know Tom, and I think I know him reasonably well, if he gets an opportunity and he's still playing at Yorkshire, he'd still have something to prove before he leaves. So I reckon that they'd be. Yeah, my my gut feeling would be that they'd be hard pressed to let him go unless they know they've got somebody to come in. Yeah, he would. He wouldn't be a true Yorkshireman if he didn't feel he got something to prove. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, he was Kent, wasn't he? Uh, 
He was born in Kenya. Yeah, he's not, so he's not really a true Yorkshireman, is he? But um, we kind of adopted him. Yeah. Fair dues. Great stuff, Jonathan. Uh, are you joining us down at Taunton for the championship game then in uh, what is ooh, just about a month to the day's time? Try and keep me away. Gibbo said that he was going to take me out and get me hammered one night on some <laughs> some strange local ales. So I thought, you know, I can't, right. I can't it'll be that, his, can It'll I? be his third place award-winning cider, Battlefield. Third place at the <laughs> Bath and West show. Oh, mate, we better make it later in the game rather than sooner or so. I might not make oh. it into the com box the following day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry with us Jonathan it, it, it'll probably only be two days the way Somerset are batting in Championship Cricket at the moment um, but thank you very much for your time Jonathan uh, have a good uh, rest of the season we'll catch up in it with you in a few weeks uh, there Jonathan Deutsch from uh, BBC Radio Leeds thank giving you, us Jonathan. his thoughts on, uh, yeah, on Tom Kohler Cadmore's trip down to Taunton in the next uh, well hopefully sooner rather than later right uh, no Championship game next week uh, we've got the women's test coming to Taunton uh, the squad for that was announced today. Uh, a few debutants in there. Lauren Bell's name um, stood out there. Dan, um, how are England's women shaping up for that test match next week? You're still on mute, Dan. There we oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I've been thinking over the last few weeks um, about the composition of the side for this test and I mean, most of the players I expected to be in there are in there it's just sort of it's it's the the few players that would be making up the numbers in terms of replacing sort of Brunton and Shrubsole um, so I mean Emma Lamb is going to open the batting which is um, I think that's what they've said um, which is a good choice I think she's, she's done very well in, in regional cricket over the last couple of years you know, one of the standout um, uncapped players. Well, she she is now capped. Actually, she got a, she made a debut at the end of last season. Um, Alice Davidson Richards was an interesting one as well. I think you know she she's been a she's played for England before. She's been around a while. Um, I think there's a bit of talk that she might sort of replace Brunt in that sort of all-rounder role at number seven. Um, Lauren Bell, as you mentioned, you know she's probably the standout uncapped bowler in 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 women's regional cricket at the moment. Well, Freya Davis um, is in the probably, squad as well, isn't she? Yeah, and Davis is an interesting one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure Davis will play. She's, I think she's more seen as a... She doesn't really play ODI. She's mo most seen as a T20 bowler. So I feel like she'll be sort of one of the reserves for this game. It's a 13-player squad, so she'll probably... I reckon she'll be one of the two to miss out. It's um, hard to tell. I mean, Kate Cross will play. I think Fell is almost certain to play. And it also comes down to whether they pick two spinners or not. You know, Eccleston and Dean, obviously, um, the the two main spin options. Emily Arlott as well. She's not made her England debut yet. She was in the test squad last year as well without playing. Um, she's another one who's done pretty well in regional cricket, I think. So I suppose it's probably between Arlott and Davis for, for the third seam spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, pretty much as expected. There's no Lauren Winfield-Hill. Um, she's, sort of, she's the one player to sort of be dropped, I think. Um, she's in the A squad, though. Uh, along with Danny White, who's in the A squad as well. Though White's not really seen as much of a test player. Speaking of the A squad, I think Sophie Luff has been unlucky to miss out once again from that. Um, she doesn't seem to get too much recognition from these uh, from from England at all. Um, in, Nobody in does from this part of the world, Dan. Nobody does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I mean, you know, I mean, not to you know, I I, I don't want to you know criticise you know selections too much, but you know, you got somebody in there like. Someone in there like Ella McCorn, who has not scored anywhere near the volume of runs that Sophie Luff has scored over the last few years. But McCorn has made it into the squad 
partly maybe because she's younger, although Luff is not old, obviously, but she's older. She's on average older than most of the mm. regional players, and I think they like to pick younger players in these A teams. Uh, although Emma Jones, um, what's she called? Eve Jones is in the, is in that A squad, and she's about the same age as Luff. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Luff is unlucky for sure. Yeah. So the women's test match uh, starting at Taunton. If you want to uh, pop up and. Uh, see that uh, at the weekend you can't because for some inexplicable reason it's being played Monday to Thursday next week 27th till the 30th um, I'm sure that was included in your, your email to the ECB about fixture congestion Dan it was of yeah. course yeah absolutely ridiculous so uh, yeah so uh, you're going to have to take a day off work if you want to go and watch that but uh, yeah uh, grab your tickets from uh, Somerset website and I'm sure there'll be a good crowd it's always well those uh, women's games up at Taunton especially the test matches always very very well supported uh, that means we haven't got a championship game next week um, next couple of games we got Hampshire uh, at home on Thursday and then we're hopping across the Seven Bridge to Sapphire Gardens to take on Glamorgan on Friday night hang on tomorrow as well and sorry tomorrow tomorrow yeah Sorry, at the over. Oh, we have. I'll tell you why. Because on my cricket award chart, I've got them all dotted out. And the dot for the Surrey game is it? I, I, the pen must have been running out. And then I've got a new pen for the rest. Yes, of course. Oh, Surrey tomorrow's out. Right. That's over... got to be the worst ex- excuse ever. It is. I'll just put it. Sorry, yeah, sorry tomorrow. Sorry the tomorrow. The day of the first national rail strike. Great. Yeah. <laughs> were you were you were you going to train it up anyway, Gibber, or you, you'd be in the car, wouldn't you? Well, I used to do. Yeah, I drive up to Basingstoke and then get the train into Vauxhall and mm-hmm. and um, walk to the ground. It's much the best way of of, of going. But um, I'm going to try driving up tomorrow. We'll see see what happens. But if, don't be surprised if I don't get there and you get <laughs> Mark Church doing a, a lone commentary and from um, from the Oval. But I'll do my best. So that should be another round round three of Overs and versus Overton. Well, no, I doubt they'll both be with England. I think they? they're in the England oh, squad. Oh, of course they, they are. They? Yes, of course they are. Yeah, the test starts on Thursday, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have to confine Overton versus over to, to the uh, to the nets up at Headingley then. Um, but yeah, so I presume same side for pretty much all three of those games, in, in uh, unless um, injuries well, uh, injuries might really rotate Josh head. Davey back in. Yeah. In my... Is Marchand worth right. another go as well? A big ground like the Oval. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to see Max Waller being given a go, I must say, on a big ground like the Oval. I think he should be Sense. fit by now, wasn't he? He did his thumb, yeah, I think, yeah. in that Sri Lanka, get, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka development did. game a, a week or so. Month, I don't think it was particularly ago, serious. You'd want to give him a couple of games. you want to mm. give him a couple of games. And with Cardiff coming on Friday, he always does well at Cardiff. Yeah, he does so, well at Cardiff. You know, yeah, it's a good shout, actually, if he's fit. Why not? Yeah, you know, I mean, Surrey, Surrey won't be expecting it. Well, yes, the squad's been named and Max yeah. isn't in it, so. Well, I'll trust you to rain on my parade because I'm not talking about that. Sorry to I mean, it wasn't uh, on the agenda, but it's worth worth having a chat about where Max is now because I think he's in the last year of his contract. Well, yes. I don't think he's going to play for Somerset again, is he? <sighs> I mean, there was a well, maybe, unless, maybe. unless there are injuries, but. I mean, it's a shame. Yeah, I don't I want th- to. I thought it's rather a 
pathetic presentation that was. That well, was I was just going to bring that up because you wouldn't go to the trouble of having a shirt printed with a a number. Was it 140, whatever it is, T twenty wickets on the back, which uh, Andy Hurry presented him as as now Somerset's all time leading T twenty record wicket taker. If he's going to play again in a couple of weeks and maybe get another couple of wickets, and then you're going to have to print him a new T-shirt. So, was that potentially a, a, a sign that, as you say, Gibber, yeah, he course. may have played his last last game for Somerset? Which mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. a real shame because you know he's been for years. He's been almost the talisman of that that T20 side. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to, you know, if you're looking at what Lewis Goldsworthy's doing versus what Max Waller's doing, if you're going to have somebody bat at 11 and bowls spin, well, no disrespect to Lewis, but I'd have Max every day of the week. Yeah, he's such a brilliant fielder as well. Exactly. So, yeah, he's, he's you know, you talk about three-dimensional cricket, he's certainly got those two dimensions to his, his cricket, his, his bowling and his fielding. Yeah. Well, to be fair, to be fair, there may be a time where we do need goals, are they? You know, he's played some useful knocks in the middle order just to help us recover from early bad starts before so you know we haven't needed him yet with the bat but there might be a time we do need him and I just think that they see goals are these obviously the future he offers a bit more with the bat so any and he can probably bowl when I don't know about he's probably not as good a bowler as Max but I suspect the overall package they see goals are these uh, a bit a bit better than Max um, and goals are to his credit did bob pretty well yesterday and did, yeah. the game before I think he's well, not so. a t20 he's not a t20 batsman though no way I mean he's good 50 over um batsman and and maybe county championship although he's still got to prove himself um but um i don't see him as a t20 batsman i think you have to consider him purely as a bowler yeah because when he's got runs in- i wouldn't have, I would have said max max waller was probably a, a better bet bowling in t20 than lewis colesworthy and that's not to take anything away from the way lewis bowled yesterday and I, he did very well at cardiff on his debut as well i remember a couple of years ago and um so yeah, he's a he's a very good cricketer, but I just think Max is. I don't know why they they gave him another contract if they weren't going to play him. It just seemed a bit. I don't know. Yeah. But he you know he could, he could have gone on some somewhere else. And I uh, talking to Mark yesterday, he th- he thinks that that Max might very well go out on loan somewhere. Um. Yeah, it's a real shame. Just what I said about Lewis. Um, Lewis goes when he's batting. When he's when he's kind of got runs in in T Twenty cricket, it's always kind of been in the slipstream yeah. of somebody who's who's rocking yeah. along at striking at sort of one hundred eighty, one hundred ninety, which you know is quite a sensible way to play. But as you said, I don't think he's quite at the level of of going out and smashing a, a sixty ball hundred yet. No, um, no. Kind of there are situations little... where he could be useful. I think last year against Kent, I just brought it up. Last year against Kent, he came in when we were fifty two for three off six point one overs. Uh, him and Tom Abel put on 90 uh, goals that they scored 48 off 29 um, and uh, Abel scored 68 off 33 so that was a really good little partnership um, to help us rebuild yeah yeah just seems just seems such a shame that someone who's been such a great servant to the, the club over the years is still only what 32 33 so he's got he's got a good chunk of years left at him um, yeah. he's still very very fit as well such a shame so we try and cheer ourselves up um, what else did I put on my agenda not too much um, we'll pop and see what our uh, our listeners have been talking about mainly been about uh, TKC so we've addressed all of that 
Um, John Hayes, James Hildreth's legacy. If indeed the panel think that he's cover driven his last ball. Uh, stats favourite game slash innings slash story on and off the pitch. And Steve, I'll tell you what. When you get, I think Roloff seems to be making an awful screeching noise. Sorry, something like I'm that. <laughs> when, you get, when, when you get up, it's just kind of. Uh, Sorry, I'm not quite sure what it sounds like. No worries. Um, James Hildreth's legacy. Well, obviously a fantastic servant to, to Somerset cricket over the years. Um, I just remember that hundred he got with a broken foot, which you know, just just tremendous innings. I think my least favourite James Hildreth memory is when I missed stumping him in his testimonial game down at South Devon a few years ago off Kevin Nicholson, the Torquay United manager. I stood up and Hildy, oh, don't know how he missed it to be honest, but uh, yeah, I absolutely symboled it um, in front of probably the biggest crowd we've ever had down at Newton Abbott. So that's my least favourite James Hildreth memory, but uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Well, like you said, 100 with a broken foot, hitting the winning runs in, yeah, in the that's two mine. finals. Yeah, that's the Knots game. The Knots game, that was my thought. But he also, he, the T20 win, he was an integral part on finals day that year, don't forget. Yeah, that's yeah. a long time ago. And of course, he hit the winning runs in the Royal London One Day Cup yep. as well. That was, that was, yeah. And he batted so so sensibly and... You know, it was great. It was great. It was such a shame that he and Peter Trigo didn't take us home quite there, treats treats for that. And uh, George Bartlett was with him at the end. But yeah, that was that was a great moment. He's such a lovely bloke. You know, he's, he's so intelligent and self-effacing, uh, and such a joy to watch. You know, it's it's the the fluidity of of James Hildreth, you know, that he never, he hardly ever plays an ugly looking cricket shot. Mm. And he plays a lot of unconventional ones, but they're always, always played with that uh, panache that, that, that he's got. It's, I, shall, I can't think of, I'm interested if, if any of you three can think of a batsman to compare with him. He's, he's a sort of, he's a one-off. I can't think of anyone else. Who, Mark who War maybe? He was a similar sort of, uh, no, Mark Wall was more laconic. Classic. He was, he was more, mm. you know, David Gower type. But, um, that was it, Mark Wall. I, don't know. I, I think, <laughs> I think, he he loved batting with Trez, and one of my memories is of not any particular game, but the times you'd watch the two of them in the slips over the last ten years, they were just clearly having a ball, just you know, like like living the dream like we would be if we were in that situation uh, I've got some lovely photos I've taken the two of them just obviously as jokes being shared or something's been said and they're really having a chuckle and a laugh um, and it's, it's there's so many good memories and I think it's, it's he probably in nature James Hildreth he's made so many telling contributions but it's almost in an understated way that he's done it yeah. I just nipped up to uh, grab the the match programme for South Devon against Somerset for uh, for Hildy's testimonial. I'm just gonna. It was the year we had that awful yellow one day kit. Do you remember that one? 2018. <laughs> oh my goodness. 2017. So career highlights. I knew it was in here somewhere. Yeah. 2012 shared the county record all wicket partnership of 450 with who, Dan? Yeah, but that. 
That, yeah, should, never, that should never have been recognised as first class. Yeah, it was a bit of a farce, I think. It was against Cardiff University. It should be struck off, struck out, and the and the previous record, Pallaret and Hewitt, should be restored. Oh, it's, it says here it was against Glamorgan, but I'll uh, I'll bow to your. Uh... It's, it was Cardiff, uni- Cardiff, Cardiff University. Yeah, that's probably where they got Glamorgan from then. Thousand first class runs in 2013 and 2014. When did he get that 300? Where was that to? 2009 against Warwickshire at Taunton. That was the one. Oh, no, it wasn't. Yes, he did get there. Yeah, 303 out in 2009. Yeah, yeah. And the last match of 2016 made 135, adding 269 in a vital third wicket partnership with. This is the broken foot one. Who was he batting uh, with? Which year was this? Chris Rogers. Chris Rogers, Chris Rogers Dan. Yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. setting the Christmas quiz this year. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic career um, for Hildy. Well, let's let's hope it's not over because I, for one, think that he bloody deserves a championship medal, and he ain't going to get one this year. So let's hope he has a has a renaissance in 2023. Keeps that young upstart Tom Cole Cadmore out of the side. Has a 2,000 run season and sees us to a, a first ever championship title. Oh, that was all Essex Twitter were on about yesterday. Oh, oh, well, mate, yeah, yeah, come back when you won a county championship, mate. Hey, oh, the fuck off. <laughs> That's all they were like, okay. Uh, no, they weren't very noisy in the ground, Ian. So they obviously had to make well, noise on social media. Well, we had a, we had a question about that from a chap called uh, Phil something. Uh, Phil Kingdom. Why was it like sitting in a morgue at Fortress Chelmsford yesterday? Why well, it's Kingdom Senior? It was it was funny. Yeah, I mean the first the first things they were quite loud. You know they were taunting Ben Green, who uh, oh yeah, I don't know if you caught that on the stream. There was a catch that three of them are going for. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, and then he just didn't go for it. He must have thought the other two were closer than he what than than he thought or something. You know, I I don't know. It was a funny one. So they they mocked him for a bit after that. But um, no, in the second innings they were silent. Just a bit. He's got a bit of previous for that greener because there was one Hampshire in the T Twenty last season. Do you remember the one where it he was fielding right in front of the Colin Atkinson and there was a, a hook or a top edge sweep or something that would have literally gone straight to him he may have had to move forward a couple of metres and Banton haired it back all the way from the stumps all it took was for Green to go yes mine and take a step forward and claim it so yeah he's he's not the best at um, at judging whether it's his catch or not have we got who's our fielding coach Uh, Paul Tweddle was it I'm not sure Yeah. Yeah, that's what you need to work on, Mr. Green. Sorting that out. Well, all, all he has to all, all he has to teach them is one of you say mine. Yeah, so, somebody's <laughs> got to take responsibility. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, cheeky old Mark Long says, "Who does Anthony think should come into the side to replace Riley Russo? Given that he doesn't make it into Somerset's first choice." <laughs> oh, tongue in cheek. We've done that. No, We've done that. that. We've he, done that. He's, for he's just so much a better, better player since he joined Somerset. Absolutely. So we don't need anybody. Your, else your tweet replace. must have wound him up, Gibbo. <laughs> so I think at Riley R was tagged in it. He's going, "Geez, who the hell's is Anthony Gibson? What does he know about?" Worst impression in the history of the world. Uh, he's a very, very nice, team. polite man, is Riley Russo, and he'd never say anything nasty. But well, he does hit the ball in the air, though. Uh, Mark Long he again. Does. Is it Somerset's aim to now field a field of first eleven made entirely out of Tom's and Lewis's? <laughs> Who have we Lewis's, not signed? Yeah. We're going to get Tom Olsop from Hampshire, Tom Hartley from Lancashire. We get Lewis Deploy. Um, how many is that? We'll probably have seven then. Any more? 
I've asked Jake Livy to change his name to Lewis or Tom by deed poll, by the way. Oh, good stuff. Uh, and I did actually look, there was a fella called uh, Tom Lewis that played for Warwickshire a few years oh, back, wow. but he, he retired in 2015, so maybe we could get him out of retirement and we'd, uh, we'd just have him. Um, I thought we had a few more than that. Have I missed one? Oh, there, there was a question about who's the best overseas signing with Barbara and... Right. Oh, yes. Best overseas signing we've ever had, Bill Alley, Isaac, Vivian, Alexander, yeah. Richard. I was going to say that you, there's a, you have to do well. I'm, only because I never saw Bill Alley play, Anthony, <laughs> so I can't comment. But in my I, lifetime, I thought Viv Bill Alley was English, no, or was no. that Bill Affey? I'm thinking of. Bill Alley was Australian oh, to the oh. core. I was thinking of Bill Alley. In 1961, he scored 3,000 first-class runs. Three th that's as many as Lewis Gregory has scored in his entire career for, well, uh, no, uh, about, for Somerset about 10 years Lewis has been playing isn't it if you yeah. if oh. you haven't got the Somerset Cricketers book yet get it for that era but if you have just read their synopsis of the 61 season and then read Bill Alley's biography in there and it's just the numbers are just mind blowing yeah and he was a fantastic bowler as well he took 100, 100 wickets in a season umpteen times he fielded at Gully and, and could catch flies. He was a great, great cricketer. I mean, Vivian Richards, obviously, yeah. Um, um, one of the greatest there's, there's ever been. But for a servant to Somerset over a prolonged period, Bill Alley takes a mm -hmm. lot of beating. And, of course, the greatest of them all, Sammy Woods, who was Australian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's well before our time, Dan. Great Sammy Woods, who played cricket for both England and Australia, captained England at rugby, and uh, and and played for Somerset at just about every conceivable sport, including darts and <laughs> golf and what else. And he drank like a fish, and just just a wonderful, wonderful character. The, he 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 is Sammy Woods. It's to Sammy Woods that we owe the spirit of Somerset cricket. He, were, he set the tone back in the 1890s and early 1900s of the swashbuckling Cavalier Somerset style of playing cricket, which has stayed with the club ever since. Fair enough. Like I say, a bit before my time, a bit before yours by the sound of it as well, Gibbo. Oh, yeah, yeah I didn't <laughs> see Sammy Woods. He, he died in 1928, I think it was. Uh, one for a couple from David White, actually. Um... But are we a bit stronger than Surrey tomorrow with them missing Roy Curran and Topley? Well, and Overton J as Jamie. well now. Um, it's all more even. I think it's, I think it'll be a good game, very good game. Yeah, really looking forward to that one tomorrow, and uh, mm. even more so now that I re remember it's actually on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and another one as well from David about um, TKC and his social media history. Well, I think he's, I've, I think he's made amends a bit more than uh, than Joe Clark seems to have, and he was he was slightly more at a distance than than Joe Clark was as well. Because I think Clark was Hepburn's housemate, wasn't he? Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I urge listeners to just Google like Tom McCullough Cadmore, Joe Clark. Hepburn or something because you'll see there's a there's a Guardian article from 2020 where Cola Cab was talking about what happened and uh, he comes across a lot more remorseful than Joe Clark ever has which is encouraging 
you know, who, we, we, who are we to judge? You know, who, we have no idea whether he's changed enough or not, whether he's done enough. You know, none of us can really say, obviously. But um, I, I was encouraged by that article to some extent. Um, obviously, we can't know for certain. Um, and I think he does regret what happened. And obviously, it's been a while. So hopefully, he's learned from that. And um, he's a changed man. And hopefully, Somerset have done their due, due diligence on the signing and made sure that he's you know that he's reformed and i hope we've asked you know there are there is at least one or two women on the general committee isn't there i hope we've asked their opinions on it it's yeah so there's uh, rosalie well, you know. uh, rosalie fairburn mm. ex-england player yeah. uh knee birch and oh, i think there's one other but yeah, Caroline Foster maybe Nia Atkins might be as well. Um, uh, I think she was. I don't think she is anymore. But basically, we need to get the opinion of women on this because their view is most important in with, with yeah, some yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully we can't do diligence. Well said, Dan. Cannot agree with you more on that, Dan. Um, I think we've done our list of questions now. Do we have any other business? Yes, I need to go and pamper Roloff. Yeah, I need to go and Pack. put something on the barbecue. <laughs> Everyone is having barbecues apart from me and Dan tonight. Steve's frozen and he's frozen in. Oh, I was just going to screen grab. I was going to screen grab how you'd frozen there, Steve, because you you look the campest man in the history of <laughs> in the history. Of, you, you, you you were sort of like you've kind of frozen like a sort of a Duncan Norvell type character. But anyway, um, oh no. But thankfully, I did not make it to snipping tool in time. Um, is that it then, guys? Should we uh, knock it on the head for yeah. a week? Another week? Um, yeah. Should we have a week off next week? There won't be, really, won't be any championship cricket to discuss, or, or should we, or should we play it by ear? We'll see what happens in these last two games. And, play it uh, by ear. Yeah. See what happens in the T Twenties. Fair dues. Okay then. Uh, so uh, for Steve and Dan and Anthony, then uh, we might see you next week, and we might not, but we'll definitely see you in a fortnight's time. Uh, but best of luck to Tom Abel and the boys for their trips up to the Oval and uh, Sapphire Gardens punctuated with a home game against Hampshire on Thursday night. Come on the Dragon and we'll catch up with you next time. <laughs>